Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know where the afters is? <laughs> Actually, we did a we did an episode not so long ago, and it was the cricket World Cup final. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. you hear everything? It was well, okay. It was okay. It was good, you know. But um, yeah, when we turned up, I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> uh, well, mate, uh, this is an absolute pleasure mm. to, to have you on here. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, like um, t- you know, even for my journey, like yeah. you know, listening to your records was uh, was a big part for for me and Liam, yeah. like getting into the scene. So have you here now and talk yeah. about it? It's great. Unfortunately, Jackie can't make it with us today, um, but he is here with us in spirit, and hopefully, we'll put some effects here uh, <laughs> for him. So um, I'm going to butcher this. Usually, Jackie does this. All Obviously, right. I know who you are. Yeah. But for those who don't, who the fuck are you? I am Seb Zito. Um, I started doing this professionally probably probably around the start of fuse which would have been in like 2008 2009 um but i've been buying records and djing since i was like 13 years old yeah okay okay yeah great so let's let's go back then let's go back to the start you know what what was your pivotal moment in terms of you knowing that you wanted to be a dj (laughs) <laughs> the first time I got on the decks. Okay, well. Wow. Man, I knew it was, you know what? It was like, um, I remember the person I used to buy weed off, he was an MC on uh, Delight FM, on Delight FM, and, and he had a, a DJ that was from kind of like my area. Not my area, but I'd knocked about in Angel, isn't it? And so, and he was from... You're London born and bred. Yeah, London born and bred. Yeah, right in like, literally in Soho. That's where my mum and dad still live. So oh, well, okay, that's okay. where I grew up as a child in the 90s. And um, yeah, my, like I said, my weed dealer, he was... Uh, he was an MC, and his his like DJ that he did it with, I kind of knew him actually, um, and he was like, obviously I went up there, he was sort of playing, and I said to him, "Oh, can I ever go?" 
I was like 13. Yeah, I was 13 years old, 13, 14 between that. Um, and uh, he just said, like, you just, you know, hit, uh, you just got hit the booms and the and the clack, clacks. And I was like, booms and clacks. He's like, yeah, the, the kicks and snares. I was like, oh, OK, cool. I could do that. Like. Got it in beat for about a second and then obviously <laughs> yeah, pots and pans. Yeah, yeah. But I was hooked from okay, that well. moment. I was like, right, I'm only 13 years old. I don't have much money. I can't buy I can't buy a Technic 1210s because he told me how much they were. Yeah, I was yeah. like, how the fuck am I going to get a pair of like Technics or, or just a pair of turntables? Yeah. More importantly, I'm going to get fucking records as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, from that from that moment, I was like, this is me. Yeah. This is my calling, man. This yeah, is what yeah. I'm meant to do. And... It's been a um, a passion and an obsession yeah. since then. So, what what music were you listening to and playing? Uh, that was garage. Garage, yeah. Yeah, that was garage at that time. So, ooh, I'm showing my age here. It was like mid '90s, early mid '90s. Okay, so okay. Back then, it was house and garage. So, it obviously yeah. originated from from Chicago and from yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we sped everything up so from 120 to 130 mm. 130 plus mm. um and the guys like that started it everything kind of was around this area here in Vauxhall yeah. and or uh elephant and castle okay. that's kind of where it all started but at this point i was way too young to get into the club so yeah, yeah. like my my kind of uh, connection to it was pirate radio okay and and the guy that used to sell weed to me double result there yeah um like what you know, for those that are listening who, yeah. who might not know that era, but probably me included, actually, like, um, what sort of artists were you listening to back then? Like, who um, were you inspiring to be? So like? it was like Matt Jam Lamont, uh, Carl Tough Enough Brown, uh, EZ was a little bit later. Yeah, um, yeah. The the Dream Team as well. They 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 come kind of come from Jungle okay. into Garage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carl Tough Enough Brown, Matt Jam Lamont, those guys. Uh, they were like at the heart. They were the start of it, really. MJ Cole as well. I think he was. Uh, okay, yeah, he was yeah. he, I think originally he was like the lighting sound guy oh, wow. um, for these things, but kind of got into got into mm. kind of DJing a little bit later. But yep. yeah, they were the guys at that, okay. that time. So for you then, after knowing this, like, when did you sort of like ha when when did you get your decks? Like, yeah. when did you learn how to mix properly to be able to get your first gig? So so my my best friend at the time, um, he was like, oh, a, a, someone in my school. Is selling a, pa a pair of SoundLab uh, SoundLab belt drives, right? Which are like the worst turntables <laughs> you can play yeah. play on. But we was like, yeah, fine, yeah, definite, we'll do it, we'll do it. Um, so the guy said, look, you know what? You can test them out if you like them, then then you can buy them. But we never ended up buying them. We just uh. took them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think the geezer's just happy to get rid of them. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Because like, yeah. they're big, clumpy, horrible things. And uh, you know, the little bit of money that we would get from our parents at the time. Like you know, we'd get on a on a Friday. I might get a five. On a Saturday, I might get another thing. Like together, we'd have twenty quid. It's like, do we buy weed or do we buy records? <laughs> <That doesn't laughs> sort <of> <laughs> yeah. So, but the, no, we'd end up in you know Uptown Records at the time. That's no longer there. Uh, Black Market, which is no longer there as well. Mm. They were like the two main and City Sounds as well, which okay. used to be um, uh, in Holborn originally, but moved to uh, it moved to Hatton Garden. Mm. They were like the three record stores that would go to, yeah, and yeah. like literally our our whole existence was about getting as much money. So we could buy records and weed, <laughs> and and then that was it. We just you know from that we kind of um, we had like the local uh, youth centre which was in Seven Dials, 
which uh, we'll okay, obviously talk okay. about yeah, there. Of course, um, we would take the, t the, the turntables there and yeah. our friends would all be there and we'd be playing to our friends sort of thing, like yeah. the same five records. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like perfecting, like me and my friend, we were mixing tight on these things. Like we, we knew how to, how to mix. Yeah, yeah. And it was the hardest way to learn. But I, I, you know, anyone that wants to be a DJ, I know, I know no one really cares whether you play vinyl or not yeah, now. Yeah. But I would always say learn from that. You don't have to stick with that. You can no. move on to, you know, onto digital formats if you want. But just learning that. Yeah, learning that. Like use your ears. You're not looking at anything. There's nothing to like gauge on. You're yeah. just you're just understanding your records and playing your records. And the music, and that's me and Liam actually. That's what we we learn on CDJs yeah. and then learn records later on. Yeah. And uh, I was actually talking to this to someone yesterday. Is um, just about. <clears throat> like the difference between selecting a vinyl set and a digital set you know obviously both you, you know a lot of thought goes into yeah. it but with vinyl you don't have the ability to be able to change the whole sort of sound you know what i mean you've got the records you've got and then that's it if that's it ain't it, working man. it you ain't know, working you know what i've actually got a story i played for the no art guys like uh before they they blew up yeah, um yeah. they did the they did their party in the the glass you know the i can't remember what that venue was called and and i said oh uh, can you play vinyl there because i'm literally going to play 90 percent, at least 90 percent with my little tracks on top yeah, yeah and they're like yeah yeah yeah. don't worry don't worry don't worry you can and so obviously my set was what was in my bag yeah. there's one turntable turn so you could scratch not like which i hate i hate having yeah the, the pitch there. at the top oh, nah. <laughs> it was like balancing on something it wasn't isolated <laughs> and it just completely fucked <laughs> everything man my set it was probably the worst set i've ever played i felt so bad because like i remember uh, is it jesse i remember him saying oh yeah you kind of played a little bit different i was like i was like you know what i'm not going to blame it on anyone i should have been prepared man yeah, i should have yeah, yeah. i should have like i don't know bounced those records i should have ripped the records so if that did happen i've got the fallback but yeah, yeah it just completely fucking but that, that's, me, that, that's the thing isn't it you know yeah. that's the thing with like with with, with records like you, yeah. you know you never know what's gonna happen so. i just see you know what as well i kind of see the pointless like buying records and then having to rip every fucking yeah of course yeah well. you might it's as well like, just fucking rip them in the first place yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> so, so. yeah. okay so um so when was the first time you ever played out to a crowd and how did that come about? Okay, so um, the first first time, gig. first gig I had was a place called Whispers in, I think it was in Ealing. Ealing Broadway, around there. It was, um, it was a real shit, like, Tuesday night sort of thing. It was a garage thing. Um, no one was there. It was... It was like it was one to be forgotten about, <laughs> but then the next the next one, me and my friend were booked to play before So Solid Crew um, oh, at okay. a place called uh, Hanover Grand. It used to be in the West End, mm. like just off of Regent Street. Okay, but this was before they they kind of blew up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They had like four or five different DJs, so it was like whoever turned up on the day. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a it was a Thursday night, and we played before them, so that was like the first. Like, Sick. oh yeah, we warmed up for So Solid Crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine. So okay. yeah, that was the like the first club night that we did. Okay, all right. So then, how did it sort of you know spiral then? Like um, after that, from there, I mean, I I always wanted to pursue that 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 career um from that age really but i don't know life got in the way not life but you know i was i was in a pretty successful job at the time 
Um, yeah, okay. I had a career. I had a full on career. Oh wow! Okay. I, was like, I was an engineer at British Telecom. I, like, I used to d uh, design networks and stuff. So uh, okay. you know, it was like pretty full on. Um, and so I kind of chose, I guess, money and stability yeah. over pursuing a pipe the unknown. Dream, yeah, maybe. of course. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at that at that time. I don't think, uh, in my eyes, there was never a superstar DJ like what you have now. Yeah, it was just you didn't really follow DJs in that sort of way. You know, you'd listen, you followed the music. That's what you followed. Yeah, you followed the music and the passion, and it was more about the parties and the connections that you would make at these parties. And you know, that's what it was about. It was about that vibe and community as yeah. well. That's what you got in the nineties and even early two thousands. You had that. Mm. That like you, do, you know, these DJs weren't put on pedestals. So, mm -hmm. you know. For me, I, I remember I was like, all I want to do is work in a record shop, have my own pirate radio show and and do my shows. Like that's that's like it might that was my dream then, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now like you've got kids saying, I want to fly a private jet and I want you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, oh, fuck off, mate. It's not about that, man. Uh, Come on, yeah, you got yeah. it all wrong, yeah. you know. But, uh, and I think much like back then it must it was much more of an actual pipe dream as well because yeah. you didn't you know what I mean like yeah. you, if you probably thought you'd got as far as you have now back then Never, it, was, it was unheard of do you know what like, I mean like like I said it was like literally working a record shop have my pirate radio yeah, yeah, station yeah, yeah. and do a couple of shows on the yeah, weekend sort yeah. of thing that was like that was my aspirations at yeah. the time as a DJ. I mean, you'd be gutted if you were still doing that now. <laughs> you know what? I reckon I'd be fucking more happier, to be honest. Yeah, well, we'll get into you know that. I mean? yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about um, the struggles that people don't see. But like, mm. how did it go from like there and then to Fuse? Okay, so um, I was playing for my first like proper residency was for Smarty Party. And, okay, and yeah, Trace yeah, yeah, yeah. used yeah, to do Smarty Party at uh, Turnmills. Yeah, yeah. So uh, me and my friends did a party called No Surprises. It's really, really shit name, to be honest. But we did it at Dust Bar, which was, um, it used to be just down from Turnmills. Okay. And like, you know, we'd get like three, four, five hundred people there. And we thought, oh, let's move it to Turnmills. And got in contact with Trace. And uh, we did our first party there in the T2 room. It, okay. You know, it went really well and kind of, we, we the party kind of phased out and me and my friend just end up being residents there mm. um, and then my friend kind of like I don't really want to do this anymore Seb and I was still doing it and my sound kind of like changed I was at the time we was playing like house funky house classic house that sort of yeah, vibe yeah. a little bit of garage it didn't really like uh, us uh, people playing garage at, at Terminal so a little bit thrown in but it was mainly like classic house and stuff and mm. then us, I was like after Smarty Party, I was going to Egg, I was going to like yeah, after yeah. parties. And, yeah, yeah. And from that, my sound <laughs> started getting a little more minimal. Mm -hmm. Like I would always have that that house and garage element. Like I still do now, but yeah. obviously it just got stripped back. And mm -hmm. and then from that, my sound kind of changed. And, um, you know, Trace was like, look, your sound is changing. We can't really book you here anymore. So... I kind of, I wouldn't say I stopped playing, but I wasn't like I was doing Unknown FM and I was doing my sound on Unknown FM at the time. Um, and I think I met Enzo. I went traveling. I, I uh. traveled around South America for six months. And then when I got back, uh, my friends were like, look, meet Enzo. So they introduced me to him. And Enzo's like, like look, I've got this party called Circuit, which was at a home bar in Shoreditch he's like like we we was like we was hanging out at this point yeah, like yeah. we were like I was talking about music he was talking about music and he gave me a set without me even like giving him a mix or anything 
He'd like never heard me play before, oh. just off the basis of other, what other people were saying and just what we were talking mm. about musically. We connected on that level. And then, yeah, um, I did my first set there at Home Bar. It went really well. He made me a resident there. And then obviously from home, there was like an after party somewhere else and then Fuse started. Yeah, okay, okay. And then and then obviously home home bar finished and they focused on Fuse and I just kind of moved over from circuit to Fuse and oh, no, no, that okay. was it. Like from, from that moment, I was there every Sunday, yeah, <laughs> even yeah, if yeah. I wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just, just, I mean, first of all, breakfast at Egg. Wow, oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> wow. I bet um, I bet you had some interesting times there for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, look, I used to, I used to sometimes after Smarty Pie, I would stay at Turnmills and there was, uh, I think it was Trade. Yeah, Trade, because trade. Yeah, trade was obviously yeah, Lawrence, so, that's what he ran. So, but it, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a, very mixed that was predominantly gay a gay party yeah. but it was it was very mixed as well yeah, and yeah. i used to stay there and hang out a little bit um but egg was like okay because <laughs> it was more my music as yeah, well yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, you had yeah. uh, raymondo and yeah, you know yeah, there was all yeah. these these really cool art, like djs playing um playing this minimal sound at the time mm. um and then like from egg you'd go to toilet cubicle toilet yeah, yeah. you had like fb julian and 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 jamie jones, jamie as jones well, man. yeah you know it's funny i was talking to yeah. someone about the um have you seen the, the there's the youtube video of jamie jones and hector and it's when they did it was it public live public like, live yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's oh, like them shit. doing the uh, you're uh, yeah just built everything <laughs> um, up, when they're doing public life and then they get the train to birmingham mm. like hector and jamie up yeah. on the train there yeah. to play a gig. I mean, yeah again like hector jamie yeah. the first time i ever heard jamie jones was at um was at public life okay, was for wow. cubicle yeah. and a friend of mine was like look you've got to hear this guy like i i knew him from his freaking chic release that he did um i can't remember what it was called but what year was this just roughly just Ooh, two early 2000s i think okay. it was like uh 2002 maybe maybe later yeah um but yeah the first time i heard him play at cubicle and i was like fuck like this geese is really yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. he's really good and then hector as well he yeah. was like he was he was popping off at this point hector is um he's doing a lot of stuff at, well both of them are doing a lot of stuff at fabric and that and that's kind of like where if it like we kind of formed fuse off the back of secret sundays you know cubicle those moments at egg and stuff yeah and say inspired the startup of of fuse and just that scene in general i think in, yeah in London, man it was I mean? so buzzing man yeah. it was like you know what i actually stopped going out on a saturday to go, on to go. See, i'd yeah. wake up i'd wake up six o'clock in the morning friends would call like tim timo and and nick and a few other boys would be like let's say come on i'll meet you down at because i i where i lived in central london the egg the egg for me was like 10 minutes away from me okay so um yeah we'd we'd go down there it'd be like a cup of tea with a little spoonful of mdma and that was it i was on my way <laughs> <laughs> so so where was where did where did you start when you started playing with fuse like, yeah. where was that and then did it when did it go to 93 because that's that's i mean for me that's where i remember so it went to 93 in uh the, the winter of 2008 i believe i'm sure it's the, the winter of 2008 and um i was meant to play i was meant to play a party at the house and terrace which is now studio 338 mm. it's called house and terrace back then a friend okay. of mine was doing a party there and i was meant to play there and enzo was like like you know you can either go there or you can commit and come and play for me and i just fucked that party off and went which was you know in hindsight it was a bit of a liberty but at the same time like you know, well, yeah just imagine I, if you didn't yeah, though, if i didn't I mean? if, I, yeah. if i went to that so i think that commitment was like that was one thing i think anyone if you're going to 
if you're going to work with people, the, the first thing you're going to want is commitment from those mm. people. And, you know, and that's what we all did. We all, yeah. we all committed to it because we all believed in it and we all felt the same and we all wanted the same. And, yeah. you know, and I think that's what made Fuse so great. Absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was it was like a it was a very family vibe. Yeah, it was. It? Yeah, you know? it was uh, very much. And, and I think it's, it's, it's good hearing you say that because a lot of artists all say the same thing. Like when they started, it's like being a part of the brand, turning yeah. up, even if you weren't playing, just yeah. turning up, showing face, you yeah. know, being there knowing everyone and um i don't know oh shit what's happened sorry Sorry. um and then i don't know if you know if you know if you get that as much anymore with a lot of parties like you know i don't know i don't know whether it's a a, you know i'm I'm, sorry one second yeah no worries ma'am um excuse me i've just (laughs) had a technical fault there we go. Okay, okay no. cool. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm a lot older, so like hanging out in clubs and stuff, and yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's gone for me. Yeah. As much as I like to do that, it's like I, you know, I have kids, I have commitments, course, and stuff, so course, I can't course. do that. But is there? I don't know. Is there a scene going on where young uh, kids are yeah, doing this? I don't think so, man. I think I think the grassroots element of clubbing, which is always from small venues mm. and and building a sound in the community. Maybe the last party was solid grooves. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you've got appetite, and you've got these yeah. these other parties. So, uh, where I'm disconnected, maybe, maybe there's young kids there going, "Yes, there is." I yeah, well, leave in the comments, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Leave us They're in like, the comments. Yeah, fucking, there, there is. Seb. You should come down and check it out. Yeah, something, yeah. Which you know what? If there is, I will. I'll yeah. go and check it out because for me, that's what that's what clubbing's about, mm. man. It's not about these fucking huge rooms. With, with the sound that can't fill that room because yeah. it's too fucking big. Yeah. You know, you've got a bunch of people that don't know why the fuck they're there. Like, don't get me wrong, it's it, it looks great on the gram and, you know, you do, as a DJ, you do get a different buzz from those sort of elements. But for me, it's always about the grassroots. Yeah, madness. absolutely. So, obviously, Fuse then at 93. Yeah. Um, when when did your production start coming into it? It, it come in a lot later, to be honest. Like we we were just DJs at this point. We weren't even making music. Right. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never really wanted to make music, man. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I still do. I, I mean, I wouldn't say I hate it, but it's the chore of my yeah, job. It's, it's Everything not... else I love, but that and social media is like the chore. Mm. Like, like getting up and doing that is a fucking ball ache, but you have to do it, you know? It's like, but I've got into a, I've got into it, but it's, take, it's taken me a very long time to get to that, yeah. um, to that stage where I just like go and do it. But I think I'll pull it off for, for some time, even at, at Fuse, my first release, um, I actually like, don't know. T- 10? 2011. I 11, okay, even later, yeah. But, but you had quite a lot of, of, of releases. So I did, before Fuse, I did um, uh, off recordings, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, remember. I had one track on off recordings and I had one on Monique. Yeah, is it Monique music? Something like that. I don't yeah. even know if, he's, if it's even still there. That was like the first release. But my first Fuse release would be, I think, 2011. I think it was. Yeah, yeah that's what I see. Yeah, the a, Senor Chunk. And, yeah, um, Hollywell as well. <laughs> oh, that one. That's my favourite. I man. love that. <laughs> that, that I had that on a record, but I remember that. It's because just... you couldn't get Burnaby like, nah, um, of course on, on digital. On digital yeah, that time, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that record for me was so special cool. because you know, Burnaby is where my my current partner 
That's where she was living. That's where we was ah, living. Okay, okay, it was yeah. a fucking love song, man. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. me declaring my love to yeah, her. <laughs> like, <laughs> love it, man. But I think that just them, them, them older records like that, just re- for me anyway, because yeah. that's when I first started really going out. Yeah. Like, I mean, trying to even get infused for me was a big thing yeah. back then. So, <laughs> trying to get into Yeah, and I, t- I told a story the other week about where the first time I went up when I lived in Essex, yeah. I went back, I had the slick hair, the fake Ray-Bans, and it's like, come on, lads, because we'd all heard about Fuse. Yeah. This is like before I'd even started. You know, I'd only just started listening to house music. We yeah. went up, rock top, it's nice tight tops and that. Didn't even get it. Was, was Teresa. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, just yeah, like, fuck off, guys. The thing, the thing is, right, you know, um, uh, in order to get into Fuse at that time, you, you either had to know T yeah, or, yeah. or the guys. Like, yeah, that's, course, that's yeah. how... That's how you got in there. Like ninety percent of the time, if you if you didn't know anything about the party, you you wasn't allowed in. That's yeah. it. You know, I remember Jamal Edwards, God rest his soul, man. I remember him hitting me up saying, "Look, Seb, I got turned away with a few friends. Um, can you have a word?" And I was like, "That's all you had to do, mate. All you yeah, had to do yeah. was co- connect with me or one of the guys, and that was it." Like. You know, yeah. he was a regular there as yeah, well, man. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, big love to him, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But I think, um, you know, that's what created such a special party yeah, as was. well. Yeah. You know, this is uh, obviously I lived like being in Berlin. Yeah, it was very not not to that degree, but similar in terms of like if you, you don't look the part. Yeah. yeah, you've got to you've got to yeah. look the part. You've got to know the music. It's not just like anyone comes in and then, as then you know, someone who's going to see the party is so much more of an experience because everyone's there for the DJs, for the sound, for for the the party. And then then it's just an absolute vibe. Yeah. I I think personally, I think there needs to be more of that in, in London, you know, because no disrespect to anyone, but, like if you're not there for that reason, you shouldn't be there. No, of course Go not. somewhere else, man. Yeah, yeah. Like you shouldn't be on the dance floor. Yeah, I agree. It, that's what it's about. It's about loving the sound and wanting to connect with different mm. people. And yeah. you know that's what this is all about. And of course. I don't know, is it lost? Is it is it there? But you know you have to search for it. Mm. Like you know at yeah. some point we had to search for those those moments. Like True. maybe I'm just too disconnected from it all now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I'd love to, I'd love to think that it's it yeah is yeah yeah i'm yeah. sure it is somewhere but i definitely know that uh like uh brick lane it yeah. ain't the same on a sunday no it's anymore. not no. <laughs> you know what i mean because i remember when um they used to have rhythm factory on as well yeah, yeah, that's me, right yeah. me and Lee used to go and stand outside and fly for yeah, rhythm factory yeah. back in the day you had man. a few parties you had that yeah. can't stop won't stop that was it uh, yeah yeah you had uh, what was that? That was at one thousand and one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, one thousand and one as well. And then you had Brick House yeah, next door, yeah. and you know, yeah. and then um, uh, what was the other party in Hackney? I, I can't. Half baked started Half-baked, as well, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a great party, Absolutely man. Great awesome. guys as well. Yeah, so, top bloke. So yeah. So obviously, um, then Fuse started. You know, the production started coming out. Yeah. Like, like, just <clears> let's let's go from, you know, from there really. Yeah. Um, so sort of go? The, the first EP I did, uh, like you said, was 2011, the Central yeah. Chunk one, and you know that took me quite a, lo- a long time to get to that stage because uh, I was working with Alexano. He was ah, he was okay, like yeah, my yeah. engineer at the time. Amazing. He, he, I pretty much learned everything from that guy, man. Great yeah, guy, great, great guy, yeah, yeah awesome. great yeah, guy, yeah. great producer. So many good records. So many, <laughs> yeah. and and then obviously you know the just the way of the industry you start to understand. Fuck, I can't just be a DJ. Yeah. I have to make music. You know, I. Have have to unless otherwise i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna progress any further mm-hmm. i think there's only a handful of djs that don't make music and you yeah. know and get bookings it's very very I mean, nowadays it's like you know it's i mean i can't yeah i, I think. can maybe a couple then of UFO, them. there we go that's then your phone yeah, yeah ez 
Yeah. I think he's had made one record or two records back in the day. But I think if you come in up now, it's like you've got no I don't chance. think you can. No, no, I don't know. No, you'd you have, have to be something very special. So, yeah, that was like, oh, fuck, I have to, I have to make music. So mm. that was a chore, like I yeah, said. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was a fucking chore because all I ever wanted to do was be a DJ. That's it, you know. And But at the time, like, we had a crew. There was a, lo a load of residents. It, it was me, Enzo, um, Rich. Then Archie and Roscoe come in mm -hmm. a little bit later. There was also, you know, at the time, Chris Moran, um, Anthony DeFrancesco, all these guys. And I think we were all, like, working together, like Dan Fazarelli yeah, as well yeah, at the yeah. time. Like, we was all connecting together and, and creating a sound and a vibe that was inspired by the dance floor. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, kind of our productions was influenced by that stuff. And, yep. you know, obviously, the more you make, you start getting recognised and... You know, you start venturing out. Start. I was playing in Italy a lot as well in the early mm -hmm. early stages. Um, the Italians were very much into our sound. Uh, uh, Zurich as well. Started playing a lot in Zurich. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they go through stages after us. They, I think, they went down the Romania, and I don't know what it even even know what, what what's hot there now. I think um, it's a bit of. I think it's a quite a mix. Like yeah. I, said, I've, I mean, I played I played Zurich quite a few times yeah. as well. So I think they still got that sound, but. Uh, how did it go? Did you then get picked up by an agency or? So Anna, who was at the time uh, Roscoe's girlfriend, she was working for F&G in Italy. So she was doing my bookings in Italy and then the UK stuff. To be fair, I didn't really want to play anywhere in London. The only place yeah. I played was Fuse. Fair enough. Like, and people were offering, like, offering me, Enzo, like big money to go mm. and play at these other parties. But... We was like, well, why should like, why do we have to? Like, yeah, too, right. we've, we've got, got that every we, Sunday. Isn't it? Everything I want from this yeah, place. Yeah. So, the UK was kind of like, I wouldn't say stagnant, but we'd only do London, um, and then yeah, Italy, Zurich, and then uh, sort, of, sort of these bookings were coming through. Anna was was getting me like four or five shows a month in it, just in Italy. Oh wow! I was playing loads in Italy. You know, wow. does do more shows in Italy than the UK. Where, whereabouts? Where's, where's your favourite like spot in Italy? Um, so I was doing classic when you know mm. classic club. Yeah. Um, uh, what was what was the 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 other the the one in Ro um in Rome? Um, God, Jesus Christ, my memory's so bad. <laughs> Is it Zebra or there was a, there was a few places that like um, classic club was probably one of my favorite places to play um there was a huge club in milan that we used to do as well um but yeah there's like italy was like the, the my main kind of place that i'd go and play and yeah. then obviously there'd be the big fuse dates that you'd have in mm. in the uk and then we started venturing into sankey's in manchester yeah, when it yeah. was when the old sankey's was yeah. there um the terminal guys as well they've always supported us Amazing. in birmingham so yeah it just I guess like word of mouth, the, the internet was, it was a vessel back then, but nowhere where Nothing it is like now. It is, yeah, Nothing absolutely. like yeah, what it was. Yeah. It was, you was, you was booked based on your merits, on your records and, you know, basically being a good DJ sort mm. of thing, you know, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's how you got your bookings. And yeah. then um, Anna, she was poached by um, Arts of Life. Ah. Um, Enzo was already at Arts of Life at this point mm -hmm. and I just naturally moved with her. I was at Artists of Life for a bit and then, yeah, kind of I've moved around within the time. Yeah. So it's kind of where I am now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, okay. So on that, like, uh, let's talk about yeah. your label. Yes. Seven Dolls. Yeah, Seven Dolls, yeah. Like, I, I didn't, I wanted to hear that, because I was going to ask you actually yeah. where the name come from. So yeah, let's start with that. So, um, so Seven Dolls kind of come from a, a place where uh, we all get it, like we all get to a point where musically you're like, like obviously I've been doing the few sound for so long, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stripped back dubby vibe, but also had this other side that was housey and faster and skippier and like, where could I, where could I release this sort of sounds mm. without compromising compromising what i already have with you so yeah. that's that's why i thought okay let's do this this time to do my own label where i can showcase this mixture of house and garage and um i based it on seven dials because that's where i pretty much i learned how to dj and it was the youth club at the time okay, okay. you know we that's where we used to take our turntables and and play every like it would be on three times a week i think you know my mum as a child my mum worked there she worked in the bar and she did the cleaning for four seven dials she used to take me as a kid like i'd be six years old in the corner like whilst my mum's working in the bar eating chris and drinking coke sort of thing you know like <laughs> I, I grew up in that place like seven dials was like my second home yeah. it was my home from home sort of thing so um it has a has a very very fond kind of part of my life and I just thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, is that's, that's the, the reason there. That's, that's the name. Yeah. I'm sure. Did when one of your fuse uh, records set called Seven? Yes, it was. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the first. I think, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that, like, again, that was like the connection. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted it to be based on where it all started. I love it. It was, seven, uh, it was the Seven Dolls EP, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. Amazing. So, so long ago, man. Uh, well, <laughs> like Seven. What was your first release on the uh, the label? Oh, it was my release. I think it was ninety five, ninety six. I called it. Um, it was like predominantly four four kind of garage mm. sort of vibe. Um, uh, yeah, that was my first one, and I think the second release was also from me, um, and then third release i don't even know I think, so long it, ago. I think was it the second one you had uh nick nick beringer on the remix? yeah that's that, it yeah 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 that, yeah, that was a like wicked remix as yeah, well really nick good he's um, so cool and then like hugo did a really he did an, an amazing vocal track which i i remixed as well um but there's some great records on there man which kind of kind of sits between house and garage yeah, yeah. a little bit of breaks yeah you know that was my that was my vibe for that was the whole point of it yeah no, that's what i love about your sound is that you know especially coming from the, the sort of more stripped back minimal stuff you yeah. really brought forward them garage roots that you had mm. you know with like the big the big open hats and stuff like that yeah, there's yeah. uh is it i like it the one with the yeah, vocal yeah yeah, yeah that was class <laughs> that was well. the second one i was think it? yeah, 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 that yeah. One, that one was uh i made that track in like two hours it was wow. just one of those moments where everything fucking clicks and fucking <laughs> that was like the one and only time in that year that i did that like <laughs> yeah. every other time it was like banging my head on <laughs> about 20 oh, different projects yeah, yeah. i know okay cool so um 
just on that, what, like, what's yeah. the what's the favourite record that you've made personally? Oh, God. You know what? My stuff on Fuse, um, uh, the Burner, the Hollywell EP, yeah, that's uh, the Ragon EP as well mm. is really cool because that's kind of like minimally, minimal but housey at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it had that kind of mixture of both. Um, and my slapdash EP on, oh, yeah. I'm glad because that's mine, man. <laughs> I, I put it on this morning when I was on my run, and I remember when um, when 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 that came out. It's on Edible. Yeah, on Edible. Yeah, yeah. such yeah. a tune, man. Just yeah. Ch, 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 and I yeah. played it. Where did I play it? I played it. In, I think it was Sissy Foss once in Berlin, which went off. Yeah, like, this a tune. the whole EP though as well. Like yeah, even the, even the the other two records are really cool. And 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 th- there was always a part of me that was like, oh, I wish I like I love Edible and I love Dan. But there was a part of me that was like that should have gone on Fuse, but mm. it was it was at a time where I had to I had to show that I was more than just that in yeah, order yeah. to get booked in. Yeah. So you know that's why that's why I kind of started venturing out and of course, doing other bits course, on other yeah. labels. Sort of I thing. think I think that's it, that's in, you know it's important for yeah. your career at the end of the day. Yeah, of it? course it is. Yeah, you have to show range, isn't it? You know, and if it if you can't do it on on your home label, then you do it on other labels. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Um, Last couple of questions about gigs, and I'm going to yeah. move on. But what I want to know is, is like obviously, I, I think I already know the answer to this now. But London was a big special place to you. Yeah. Is there any other club or like city in the world that really holds a special like um, place in your heart? God, you know what? It changes. It changes all the time because of you know, just at at, at, at the time, there's always a different vibe. Like mm. Italy was always a really cool place to go and play. So was Zurich at one point. Um, but South America for me, and it doesn't even matter where, Chile, um, uh, Argentina, Brazil, the energy is just like no other. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, man. I feel like they're like, the not the last, but they're the, that's the one place where I know I can go and play from my heart and they will just fucking love it. Yeah. And they'll go with it. They haven't got their fucking phones out. They're not, you know, they're there because they love music and they want to hear something different and... And yeah, for me, anywhere in South America, it doesn't even matter. You know, like Lost Beach is always cool. Um, uh, yeah, there's so many parties. And 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 another place as well is, that's kind of very fond to me, Space Miami as well. Mm. Like Miami is the best place to play in America. Yeah. It's the best place. No, no, nowhere, nowhere else in the States come close, comes close to that. Okay. And that's like my, you know, I'm, I'm an international resident there, so I get to play there quite a lot. And Amazing. it's just become home for me. Okay. Yeah. So on that, um, what's have you got like a, a most memorable gig? Like especially maybe even in Miami. Oh Jesus! Um, you know what? All all of my best memories as a DJ will always be from ninety three feet east. Always, yeah. always. Nothing, nothing even comes close to it. Like, like even now, um, there was a back to back set that me and Enzo did. Uh, we played Cocoon in the Park in Leeds. Oh yeah. And then we did the after party at. Mint, uh, Mint Warehouse, not Mint Club, the original, but Mint Warehouse. Um, and we played back to back for about four hours before Richie Horton. Richie Horton was playing. Um, and I remember we was like, th- I think it was, we was meant to play three. Richie Horton turned up and he was like, nah, let them play on, man. Like we were, we were in sync. Like, I don't think I've ever played a back to back that good. Wow. Like for, for a long period of time, like four hours we played for. That will always be one of my favorite one of my favorite back-to-back sets um there was one you know what there was one at 93 feet east where um i played for four hours i think it was the 10th birthday it may have been no i think it was the 11th birthday and i was meant to 
everyone everyone was meant to go on back to back at the end and Enzo was like, no, nah, let's say play like he's like in the zone. So 93 is always like special place. Yeah, yeah. Nothing comes close to it. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you've been in the industry now for, you know, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you like look after your health and fitness in the industry and also like, um, you know, how has that changed as, you know, as, as your career has progressed on, especially with, you know, we're thinking about traveling and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what? I, I was actually thinking about this today and, um, before I started touring, cause you know, I was pretty, I know 27 was when I, I left my job, which is quite old now, isn't yeah, it? Really? Yeah, yeah, you know, you've got yeah, girls, you've got uh, girls, boys, men, you know, anyone starting like at 18 yeah, or even yeah. younger. Yeah, so, yeah. I kind of started late, um, but prior to that, oh my God, I was such a shit bag. <laughs> I was fucking terrible, man. Like, I was such a, I was a caner, man, like bad. <laughs> I'm talking about from a very, very, very young age. I was, you know, I was going raving at 15 and doing everything. Mm. So I think when, even when I started playing, I, I do believe not everyone, but I do believe you kind of grow out of certain things and phases, and and so when I started touring, that part of of that life, I wouldn't say I was done with it, but I was definitely at a stage where I was a, a lot more in control of what I was doing. Mm. You know, don't get me wrong, there was a lot. There's been a lot of times where I've lost, like you know, I've done certain things and you know, and and regretted, and you know, just got too fucked or whatever, but. I do believe that I got quite a lot of that out of my system. You know, there's a lot of young DJs that are going straight in, yeah, like straight into the top yeah. where they're getting fed all sorts and given everything. Uh, I kind of kind of done that. So I was a little more aware of what I was doing. But at the same time, that didn't say that I wasn't doing anything when I was touring. But I think now you have to pick and choose your battles. Like yeah. the, the thing with me is that I know I'm never going to stop drinking fully but it's like when I do do it, it's like, okay, I have to make sure that there's no commitments, work commitments. There's no, you know, I have children now. So yeah. for me, it's, for me, I haven't got a choice. <laughs> you know, you either, you either fucking shape up or you, <laughs> yeah. or you go down a slippery route, yeah, you know? So, but for someone that doesn't have that, <clears throat> I can understand it's very difficult because you are given everything and in abundance, mm -hmm. you know, it's in abundance and it's there. And at the time it's great. But after, it's the aftermath, yeah, man. Course. It's the aftermath. And you know what as well? It's like the one thing I think I can, or the one bit of advice I can give someone that's going through it is, okay, if you are caning it, you know what? Get up and do something. Don't, even if it's just walking, just go for a walk the following day. Don't sit in bed and, and you know, regret and regress and all the shit food. And, you know, all these things are only gonna make you feel worse. Mm. Like you don't have to go to the gym, don't have no. to do that. Go go to your, go and see your parents, like walk there or whatever. Just get up and do something. It will make you feel that little bit better yeah, than yeah. what you would if you just sat in bed and procrastinated. Absolutely. So I think being active is like, is yeah. key, isn't it really? Yeah. You know, fitness, your fitness, you have to, it's, it, you, for me, it's all about what it does for your mind rather than, um, you know, losing weight or, or or looking, you know, buff or whatever. For me, it's always been about a mind thing. And, and when you go to the gym, it's that one time where your mind is not actually thinking. You switch off. That's my meditation. Yeah, yeah. So I've true. tried meditating. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm mad. I'm just thinking, how long is this going to be? But the gym, you really do just... 
you just yeah. go in it. Yeah, I know? get that, and and I think that's that's great advice because there is no blueprint, you know. No, there isn't. And no. and and I mean, you know, every DJ that we have on here is like proof that you never you never know where it's going to go. Like if you told your younger self that you'd be sat, you know, where you are now within you know this this incredible career, you wouldn't have believed it. But it can no. happen, and nowadays it can happen fucking quick as it can well. Happen a lot quicker. Yeah, a lot quicker. Yeah, like for, for when when we started, there was like. There was so, certain things that you had to do in order to be accepted because yeah. it was a it was a crew, you know. Like yeah. if you wanted to play with these big boys, you had to do, do certain things. You had to earn your stripes. Now you don't even have to earn your fucking stripes, man. You make one hit or one edit, not even a hit, an yeah. edit, mm -hmm. and you're playing fucking everywhere. And yeah. and I can imagine for some young artist, it it's a bit of a, a culture shock because. Like I said, everything is in abundance. Everything, everything yeah. you could possibly want, and it could, it, and I, it could, it can definitely take over. Yeah, absolutely. it can take over whatever you've set out to do. It can hijack yeah. everything. Well, that's what it did. It did. That's what it did with me yeah. and my brother. Like we, you know, we just couldn't handle it. And we come from a lot of parties as well. Yeah. But you just, you know, like you say, it just hits you, and you're like, fuck. You just like, don't know, do you? You no. can't prepare yourself for no. these sort of things, you know. And um, you know, I've seen too many people go down slippery roads and I've lost people as well mm -hmm. um, through drugs and, and, and alcohol as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, I think, just be mindful. It's very difficult to be mindful at the time when you're <laughs> high, but, but if you can find some form of balance with what you do, you know, if you're, if you're all or nothing, you're better off just doing nothing, man. Mm -hmm. I don't like, so I'm all or nothing. I either go fully into gym or I go fully into like, you know, it's like pick the nothing, man, because that route, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's not a good route. Do you, you know, through through your career, have you ever had like a, a time where you thought, fucking, I'm I'm maybe doing a bit too much of this or a bit too much of that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like when um <clears throat> when my partner was like, you know, I'm pregnant, we're gonna we're gonna start a family, we've got family. I was like, fuck, I need to I need to sort my shit out, man, because up until that point, I was just I was coasting. You know, I was like doing fuse and, you know, like these other bookings and um, I was obviously I was taking it serious, but I was getting on it every weekend. I was drinking a lot. Like I was like, fuck, I've got a child, man. I've got an, I've got something to to really care about. Not to say that I didn't care about myself or yeah, my partner, yeah, but, but it's like this shit is going to get real. And if you don't sort your fucking life out, Seb. You're gonna fuck everything, you know. So, I stopped drinking, stopped doing everything, started uh, started like training hard, um, and it installed like those seven months of of doing that before the, before the baby arrived. It really did install a different mindset for me. Um, it's still there now. I have my little blips here and there, yeah, but we all do. We all yeah, do. it's natural. Like yeah. I don't beat myself up over it anymore. I just get on with it, man. Just get back on the horse, isn't it? That's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so, that's a good bit of advice that as well. Yeah. You know, not to beat like every every fucking everyone makes mistakes. That's sort everyone of why we does. wanted to do this podcast yeah. to show, like you know, no matter how far you are in your career, and everyone makes more than one mistake as yeah, well. Fucking trust me. <laughs> I fucking hope so, because <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> um, but on that, you, you know, yeah. if you see. Obviously, you know, you've been through the ranks and, and see a lot of DJs come and go. Like, have you yeah. seen a difference in terms of how new up and coming artists act? Like, especially with the, you know, with the label, you're yeah. probably speaking to a lot all the time, sending you music. Like, have you seen a different approach to how they look at music and, and, and how the scene's changed? Yeah, I, I, you know, everything is so um, 
social media based you know everything's about numbers mm -hmm. everything is about popularity you know at the end of the day if you're if you're popular online you're you're gonna get the shows that's mm. it that's how it works sort of thing so it's like you know kids are going right how do i get popular so i can get shows rather than what can i create that can connect properly with people and build something and let's face it if you do that it's going to take a little bit of time it's not going to happen overnight like building a sound and creating a following and that's something that comes over a period of time but i do believe if you do it that way you'll have fans for your whole fucking career you won't be just a a, a, a phase mm -hmm. where you've done something that's big and because you've got to fucking follow that up man. Yeah, yeah, and it's not easy to do that either yeah it's not easy to follow a hit after a hit after yeah. a hit after a hit so my advice i'd still say like build it from the bottom up mm. start from create a sound work on your productions get your sound right to you it's going to take time it's not going to happen overnight sometimes it might it might connect quicker with people you can connect quicker obviously because because of social media but i still stand by work on your sound and and build a following create a vibe around what you're doing mm. um for me that will always be the way to do this yeah absolutely then the quick fix sort of thing yeah of course well because i've been since i started i've been listening to to your records yeah just, just that's the thing with me I've, my, my, my career has just been very gradual mm. you know it's just I've, I've moved at my pace and i've done music that i want to release don't get me wrong there's a few there's probably a few things i probably shouldn't have done release wise and stuff i probably chased a maybe I, I there's been times where i know after covid i was like fuck what am i gonna do man like yeah. shit <laughs> like i was devastated for nearly two years mm. fuck like Maybe I've got to go down that route, which might elevate and speed things up so I can, you know, provide for my family. And if this happens again, we're solid. But I soon realised that, fuck, that's not me, man. <laughs> I don't want to do this. This ain't me. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy making this music. I don't enjoy, like, I don't even play records from that label. Why am I signing to yeah. this, you know? Because then that, that, that makes it a grind then, doesn't it? It's a grind. I mean? yeah. It's a grind. All of a sudden, I'm like, fuck, I'd rather go back to BT, man. <laughs> I'd rather go back to BT, start buying vinyl, like, not again, but literally. Part-time job in the, sh in the record Yeah, shop. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking, I'd be more fulfilled because, um, trust me, that, I, I mean, look, if you're that way inclined, then you're going to be fulfilled by it. But, yeah, but if I've, not, I've yeah. learned like that's not me. It's not. It's not where I want to be. It's not. Mm. It's not important to me to for fame and yeah. like. It's not. I just want to love what I do and I want other people to appreciate and connect with me. So and integrity is so important with with your music because oh, man, I mean integrity's gone in music though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, look to some around. Degree, yeah, of course. Around, look around in in every element of music, like everything you hear on the radio, and you know when you hear. I'm very much into, I like hip hop, I like rap, mm -hmm. I, li I like, the, the new stuff is fucking garbage, man. Yeah, it's I agree. It's just like, I'm listening know. to the same hip hop I was when I was a kid. Amen. <laughs> you know same, I mean? same. And you know what as well, I read something that those artists are going on tour and selling out. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The younger generations that, yeah. you know, because I think ultimately cream always rises to the top, oh, doesn't it? Always, that's it. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's just talk a little bit like, you know, what have you got coming up like for the label? What have you got coming up for you? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, so I've got, um, so at the moment I've, I've like I completed an LP um, some time ago. I don't want to call it an album because it's not experimental enough for it to be an album. Like not like my my one I did on Edible where I did everything. This mm. is more kind of like house and garage, a little bit of garage, but mainly house kind of focused. 
and we're coming into the third release um which is out at the end of february uh two tracks from from me obviously and then the whole lp gets dropped in march with an additional like three four tracks so at the end there'll be 10 or 11 or 12 tracks which are all kind of house based but they're all real club club like tracks awesome you know that's that so i don't want to call it an album because um yeah there isn't really anything that arty there they're all like quite functional tracks that you'd play out mm-hmm. and you know what and i i, I kind of did it around this time to to because i'm taking it on tour as well i'm doing like all night and long extended sets yep. in the uk so all the music is very much based around like small venues and small sounds so ah, awesome. that's like kind of the, the so yeah the, it that ends in march and i'm touring that at the moment it's called dialed in the 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 lp is called dialed in it's a dialed in tour mm. where i'm taking it to like watergate i'm taking it to shelter um where else like uh pasha in munich pasha in barcelona um Hopefully, I'm not going to say anything yet because it's still in the early stages. But oh, do I want to jinx myself? I don't know. <laughs> nah, don't do it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. There'll be something in London. Yeah, yeah. Um, in like in the the start of the summer, okay. and that's when it will end. Um, uh, and then I've got uh, what else do I have? I have a remix on Moxie. I've got a remix on Richie Ahmed's 432. Um, and I'm gonna like mainly release my music on my own label. I'm like, I'm I'm not really that bothered about signing to. Not saying that I don't want to. Like, I'm. I just want to focus on on Seven Dolls, and really, really push it and elevate it. Because, like, why do I want to release my best music on the label? Yeah, when you got a look. Have you you (laughs) bringing anyone else onto the label? Yeah, I mean, Ozzy Govern is. You know, he's got a release. Um, James View. I always talk about James View. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done a uh, track with him before. Yeah, we did a collaboration uh, last year, um, which was brilliant, and um, I think we're going to do. We've been talking about like doing a completely different project together. Oh wow! So not James View, Sebzi. Oh well, you know. Um, it's like the early talk stages of that. I definitely want to do something with him. Um, who else? Like Zach Stanton will release again this year. Like the, the it's basically everyone that's released. I want a follow up. Yeah, um, that's good. You know, us two. They've they've done two two uh, EPs on my la- on my label. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the two the two brothers. Yeah, the two brothers. Yeah. They were they were, what, what were they called Cra- to be Craig. Craig and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but us two, they're doing amazing now. Yeah, they're so. supposed to come on air at yeah, some point. Yeah, really yeah, fucking yeah. nice guys, man. Yeah. When they sent me music, I was like, why is no one signing this, mm. man? This is sick. <laughs> like, and now they've got EastEnders and yeah. Microhertz, and I think Archie signed them before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're doing they're doing amazingly and and good good on them because they're very talented young guys um so, so just on that like, yeah. just last two questions now yeah. um up and coming artists like who else would you say is like oh, you know god uh, <laughs> um who am i like really like digging at the moment um i can't i can't think and it's like my mind's my mind's gone blank <laughs> There were just too many out there. Yeah, they're, 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 there's a lot. I have to, I have to. You know what? I have to. Let me look through my phone. Because <laughs> um, a lot of the a lot of the music this year being released on Seven Dolls is coming from myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm just putting everything out. Uh, this is a question actually. Just yeah. on, like, how how are people sending you music these days? Is it still SoundCloud links or yeah, WeTransfer people, or like people hit me up on uh, on Instagram um, and from there or email as well. Uh, I've got that. Is it track stack? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never go on there. <laughs> <laughs> I never go on Think there, man. Stuff, I was like, oh, you know what? It's so impersonal. Yeah. I'm just going to, like, I, just, I, I haven't been on there once. I think, no, I've been on there once. And now my computer won't allow me to go on onto the site. So now. <laughs> just like another fucking thing, isn't it? To remember, like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, bro. Um, so, last question we ask yeah. everyone. It's called the afters. We oh want to know what's God. what's your best after party story. Fuck! Oh dear, Jesus! I literally just Christ. threw this on at him as well. Like, yeah, about, you know, <laughs> about five oh, minutes man. before we started. So, I've got. Uh, there are a lot. Trust me, there are a lot of after party stories. Um, most of them, I've been too kitted to fucking <laughs> even know what's going on. But there was one. Yeah, okay. There was one. Um, we was doing fuse at Sankey's, um, and. Me and Roscoe was playing upstairs. We played back to back, I think, all night. And Enzo was downstairs with maybe Tinny or or someone, I can't remember. But um me and Ross like went through like three bottles of Yebass. I don't I don't remember. I fucking blacked out, man. I was <laughs> I was gone. I blacked out and um <laughs> I was blacked out, but I was there, like I was still there. And obviously they shut the room a little bit early. We went downstairs and um Enzo was playing and and I was I was like whilst he was playing I was like going up and down on the on the pitch I was going up and down on the pitch and he was like what the fuck's going on here and like they, well, whilst he was playing the, yeah, the track yeah I was doing that and uh, <laughs> and I had this like this this grin and Enzo's got a picture of it and it's still on his phone now I think when I call that picture comes up <laughs> this is this is going back like 2014 or 15 I think yeah um and uh is this even an after party story? It's more of a fucking. Uh, it's all right, you're in now. It's a good yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> he kicked me out the booth. <laughs> He's like, get him out. And uh, and everyone took me like took me took me to the, like the green room and was like trying to straighten me out. And I was just like, apparently I was an absolute fucking terror. Wow. Like I had this grin the whole time. This grin. And uh, we went to we went to an after party or should I say someone's villa? And um, I don't remember any of this. I do do not remember a single thing. And uh, uh, there was like a couple there in like in the pool getting it on, I think. And um, I just decided fully clothed to just run in and fucking bomb both of them. And uh, <laughs> when, and when I when I did, I come round. Oh, shit. I was like, what the fuck? Where the fuck am I? And everyone went, hey, he's back. <laughs> Seb's back. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I doing in this pool? Like, yeah, what's yeah. going on? Like, yeah. And, and and then everyone just told me everything that happened over like the 14 hours of me blacking out. You know? <laughs> it was like a hand in, uh, head in your hands situation. Yeah, at that it point. was definitely like, one of those me, moments. Yeah. Like, well, mate, what an absolute fucking pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Oh, mate. thanks for having me, yeah, man. It's been, forward it's to been fun, man. Yeah, and looking forward fun. to hearing plenty of the new stuff coming out. Yeah, man, and, yeah uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff yeah. coming out. Awesome. Nice one, bro. Oh, nice one. Wicked. Does anybody know where the afters is? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 